one of the things that's been coming up a bit lately, kind of building over the last few months and even in the retreat started stirring more. You know, in the West here, and Jim and I have shared this, and most of you, probably all of you here have heard us talk about, you know, in the East they know it. Um, you know, they, they literally look at the guru as God incarnate. And there's some truth to that, but not really in the greatest sense. It's like the Christians believe Jesus really is God incarnate and he's not human in any way. So that part is really, the, the teacher really is human and incarnate like that. It's that mantle of authority given to initiate that really is, that, that living word made flesh. That is that God essence that is placed in that teacher, but only because the teacher themselves really has moved into their oneness with God. And once you really wake up and know your oneness with God, there is no separation. We really mean that. You heard me even say that today, but sometimes in a smaller intimate group like this, with those of you that have been around, we can go a little deeper just like an initiates meeting. And so that was a talk, and I'm going to go on to now, that I said I had something else that's been stirring this morning I thought I was going to talk about that I didn't talk about, and so here it is for the Q&A. So it's, it's important to actually realize, and this really is more of the inner teachings, if you will, more of the direct teachings of Spirit, just like Jesus taught with those closest to him. What was it, the uh, 12, the 144, the 500? Those were really the closest, you know, initiates. And beyond that, it was more a lot of the parables speaking with the masses. Because the parables are, you know, to give ideas like the metaphors, like I talked about Noah's Ark, or we talk about crossing the Red Sea and Moses and all that. Those are a lot of the outer teachings, you could call them, as well as parables. Because in sharing that, that truth of spirit, that essence that flows through the teacher, really is right out of the heart of God. That mantle of authority is that direct connection that speaks not only to the disciple directly, but to the masses, because the masses, what? Everybody, there's a soul. There's a soul everywhere. It's just when is a soul really ready to really get liberated and really now begin to walk the true direct pathway to God rather than the outer reflective pathway to God? Because that's what the world's doing. It's the outer reflective pathway, just like I shared today about all the pilgrimages, the rituals, the shrines, the temples, all that is the outer reflective path that the soul is responding to, that it knows, but it's more of an unconscious knowing. And so when a soul is really ready to return home to God, it becomes one of a direct conscious knowing, a very direct path rather than a reflective one. And so a big part of that, and this is where the true disciple, just as Peter said to Peter, Peter said to Jesus, I know you are the Christ, and said, how did Jesus say, how do you know that? But the Father's revealed it to you. So that's a real disciple that has really woken up to know the greater spiritual truth. That's what I mean by more the inner teachings or the direct teachings. The Spirit is really that more true inner knowing and awakening. And that's what initiation's really about. But in that action of initiation, it is a very, it is the most sacred relationship anybody can have on this planet or any realm in any of the universes in this void. It is the most sacred, close, intimate relationship possible. More than any spouse, your best friend, your kids, anybody or anything just transcends and goes beyond all of that. And what that is saying is because why? Because your soul is really 
through that relationship, really merging back into that oneness with spirit. You cannot merge into oneness with your spouse. People try to when they have sex, but still it falls short. There's a little joke in there. So, <laughs> and it depends on how deep you want to go. <laughs> See, somebody said there's always room for that kind of humor. But when you really walk in this path in that truest sense, it's good to recognize and even talk about, which is why I wanted to do that today. This is where the tears come. That's really the greater truth that we're doing here. And it can't always be expressed generally. That's why it's saved really more for more intimate gatherings, you know, like this. But it's that whole saying, for those who have the ears to hear, can hear for those who have the eyes to see can see. But Annette is also an honoring to everybody. And we have to do that. We have to honor everybody. And so sometimes it's called not being as direct um, in a general open sharing because sometimes, you know, it's just like it, it may literally, like I said, we're not trying to offend people because that's not what this is about. And so we're still trying to honor every consciousness that's present in any gathering seen or unseen. So that's part of the process here. But then when it comes to time where there is a space, then it, it's nice to hear more of that direct teaching because then you can begin to understand and it'll stir that greater depth inside of you that really are ready to hear and listen to that. And so that's part of that relationship. And to really begin to see how do you value the teacher? How do you honor that inside of you? What do you do with that inside of you? And this is why I'm saying why in the West, a lot of people really say a lot of bad things when they call it guru worship. Is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? In the East, they, it's what they do because they're trying to build that deep love and connection and realize in a greater true relationship to the divine. And through that relationship, even in the, this process in the world with the physical but they understand more of the deeper teaching. Now in here, we never call it worship because worship has a tendency to set it up as a process of separation. It's really about love and devotion. That's what you hear us talk about, really more love, but we talk about devotion more because there is this great devotion that even we say, I'm devoted to my spiritual teacher, that devotion, see out here in this world, what goes on here? is really more a reflection of the truth that goes on spiritually with the soul of God. Just like I said in the East, they often call the teachers one who's God incarnate. Well, it's really all an expression of God, but a very direct one. And, but that body is an auto-reflective process. So even with the body of the disciple, it's an auto-reflective process. But the disciples who have such devotion towards your teacher is just an auto-reflection of the, the soul's true loving for God. So if you understand the truth of that, it's never about worship. Even when people prostrate themselves and do all these things physically, that's just an outer reflection of their true loving and devotion for God directly. And it's important to understand that, regardless of how it looks in the world. And if you know that, then hopefully you can find a way inside of yourself to really honor and value that devotion and loving and longing you have 
for God directly. And if it looks like an expression in the world, whether it's with Jim or I, or if it's even with another person, it's really that flow of loving. And as it stirs, just like when I got the tears, it's that in the moment that you allow yourself and open to that, that that's what it's all about, not how it looks in the world. That's why Jim and I don't care if we cry. You know, we don't care if people prostrate themselves. We don't care if people don't do that because we know it's not about the outer. What we care about is that greater stirring, that depth of loving and devotion. And if it's placed on or with Jim or I, that's wonderful because guess what? That's part of the role of a true teacher. They are a place in the world in which the soul that doesn't know God directly can place their longing and loving with God through that teacher. And if you've heard me in the past, I've also described the teacher as a doorway. This body is a doorway for that spirit to move in and out of the world and for the soul to begin to get the connection. That's what the initiation is about, is that extension of that sacredness, that loving of God for the soul. That's what it's really about, that unspoken name. Given an initiation is about that direct spiritual extension of God because it's in the physical level, because we're here, it works through a physical vehicle to another physical vehicle for that action to take place. So it's important to understand more of that direct connection. And at the same time, you'll hear Jim and I say, there's no need for any intercessories. Jim and I aren't any intercessory at the same time. It's about, what did we say even in the Nishitan book? This is about your relationship with God your soul with God. That's what it's about. And that's why you can say, oh yeah, it's never worship of the person. It's never making them or make, putting them before God. Any teacher's role is simply to be that reflection in the world to remind people, look up, look to God. Stop placing your focus and attention in the world. That's why we say, don't even call us teachers and put us on pedestals. Call us your best friend. Even the East, they say brother or sister or friend. I like that because then it makes us all equal. You know, and some of us, you know, our brothers and sisters were a real pain in the ass. So, but that's the reality of it. But if you realize the closeness of, of family in that way, in a deeper sense where you really be yourself and share things you went out with strangers, so to speak, it's that intimacy that's being spoken of that we're trying to instill right here amongst a group with an initiate and teacher because it is that closeness or intimacy that allows us to open up and really realize more of that truth of God's loving. That's why the reflection in the world such as love your neighbor as yourself because it is through this interaction, especially with teacher and disciple, that it stirs that loving awake inside of us more so than just other interactions in the world. So when I asked you, how do you value your teacher? And for that matter, your spiritual community. But really, remember, it's all about your reflection with God. But if you place value in this interaction, guess what you're really doing? You're placing value with your soul with God. You've all seen people argue with spiritual teachers. And arguing, you know, to me it's entertainment. But that's just an example of when we're really resisting and not valuing that divine relationship. Because the very things we do in the world here is what we're really doing inside with God. 
Just as I said earlier in the talk, when we place judgment on others or other things, automatically that judgment is really on ourselves. Same thing, same thing. But if you recognize that, and the only way, the only way to truly free yourself of it is to have a place by which you can place your loving. And that's a lot of the role of the teacher, is that loving. And you know it's very different than the way you would love a spouse or your kids or your parents your best friend. It's a different type of love. And it's meant to be because it is not a love of those things in the world. It is a love of the divine. And it's important to realize the difference there so that you don't make it the same as everything else. Like I said, the teacher is a reflection in the world to remind you of the soul's love for God. Okay? Again, that's why I say it's not about the teacher, but they're a symbol, a place that as we can focus, it begins to open that directly inside of our consciousness. That's why we say, if you understand how this world of reflection works, hopefully you're understanding now the way the reflection works even with teacher and disciple. What you do here is a reflection of what you're doing in here. So take the opportunity, if you so wish, through this relationship even in the world, that as you can find a way to share your loving and receive the loving, even in gatherings like this, to know that this is an opportunity for you to move through the things that you've placed between you, of God, you and God directly inside that have blocked that knowing, that experience of your oneness in the truest sense. So when I said, how do you value this relationship here? Well, the more you value it for the truth of what it is, the more it is going to serve you in your journey home to God. But if you don't value this here, well, guess what you're really doing? There's a devaluing of that relationship of your soul with God. Because anytime we discount something or don't make it very important, well, that's okay. That's just what happens. But for those of you who really want to, truly want to get liberated and wake up and know your oneness with God, this is a way to do that. So I'm trying to give a much more direct way to recognize and participate. And we're going to each participate in the way we do and honor that. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't try to do it like other people. Do it the way that works for you. Honor your process, no matter how similar or how different it is from others you got to honor your own. That whole phrase of be yourself, it's a great phrase out there, but most people don't know what, who, the, who their self is. Well, who am I? How can I be myself when I don't have a clue who I am? Well, this is the way you start to know who you really are. And if you can begin to see that and work it, is where you're going to get the greatest value out of the teacher-disciple relationship. That is what is going to help you to stir awake. Because look at meditating, not meditating. You go about doing whatever. Meditation, sometimes it stirs more the loving awake, and other times it just doesn't, does it? But have you noticed, for those of you who have really interacted here, when we do Q&As, it stirs stuff? That stirring is what I'm talking about. It is that relationship that stirs the divine inside, and that's the whole thing we're doing here 
is giving opportunity to stir that divine inside of each of us. That's where there's value in interaction physically here. Even though it's a spiritual action, there's a physical interaction because that's where the Spirit is having experience here. But if you recognize that, you'll want to engage yourself to get the most you can out of this relationship. That's how it's going to best serve you. And us, for that matter, too. It serves everybody. The more you're willing to engage and participate in this time together like this, the more it engages you spiritually because that's our focus. That's why, Jim and I don't care what the subject. We talk about anything and everything, and we really mean that. Because if you're willing to do that, you're going to get through all your fears and defenses that will do everything they can to stop you from getting what you really want. That's how you really get home to God, is getting through all the stuff that stops you. It's that engaging that does it. But you're going to have to value it before you'll engage. If you don't value it, well, what's the bother? So I say that because those of you that are really drawn are going to do this no matter what. That's the way it really works. But even those that are drawn are going to do this no matter what, we can still hold back a lot. And so it's that holding back that I'm talking about. Give yourself the opportunity to move past whatever it is you're holding back with or what you feel like is holding you back. Because really, it's not holding you back. You are holding yourself back with whatever it is. That's the truth. That's why you'll see me in Q&As or like the retreat. There's a lot of it. I'll go right in there with people, very direct. Because when there's the place and the time to do that, there's the opportunity to really get free of what we're allowing ourselves to hold ourselves back with. And I know it's kind of disturbing and hard for a lot of people, but believe me, once you get through that, it is wonderful. And the longer that goes on, the worse it gets, the more painful it is. It's a lot easier to have one of those really engaged times with myself or Jim than it is to keep living that which is separating you from the divine. There's an amazing, more sacred, as I said, any relationship going on with teacher and disciple than any other thing in the world. But it's up to you to start really looking at it that way and realizing the opportunity that you have. Look at how few people there are who come to these gatherings with the billions out there doing the world in reflection. There's people who come in and out of these gatherings because they don't see the value but again, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not. We're not going to be drawn to really doing that deeper inner work until really it's time because God's really calling us home. In the meantime, it's just a passerby because maybe a seed is being planted for another time, but that seed being planted, somebody passing through is what can carry them through the karmas and the lessons so that once they get through that, then they'll be ready to take that next step. I mean, there's a perfection in it all. There's no coincidences. But for those of you that are beyond coincidences and beyond the 
per chance meetings, <clears throat> take the opportunity. Get the most value you can, but the way to get the most value is to put the most value into it. And that's up to you. But for those of you who want more of that, that's why I'm trying to speak more directly to that, so you understand that. And then you'll get the greater benefit. It takes a lot to get through our fears and our pains. Some of us have had really disturbing things that have happened in life. And we're so afraid and we don't want to acknowledge or look at any of it because it's too painful. But yet that's the very thing that keeps us trapped. When we can begin to share that, talk about it, look at it, is where we begin to get free. Even if we're bawling our eyes out because now looking at it brings up all the pain and disturbance from the past, it's worth going through those tears if that's what it takes. And if the tears never show up and you're able to talk about it, well, one of two things. Either you're numb or maybe you really are free of it now. So talking about it is no big deal. But wouldn't it be nice to know whether you're free of it or you're still stuck in it? That's why I say we'll talk about anything in here and we mean it and we have to. Otherwise, it doesn't give the space to really get free. Funny thing is, in one level, we don't even have to talk about any of this stuff because really in your meditation, you can do it all directly with God, give it all to God inside of yourself. And that works a lot of the time. So I'm talking more about the times it doesn't seem to work. That's where the opportunity and value is in the interaction here to assist and support yourself to get through those times it doesn't seem to work in meditation. Okay, because really... All it takes is loving, and that's what meditation's about. You can do it all inside. But for some reason or another, we just can't seem to do it that way all the time, 100% successfully. So that's where there's great value and opportunity in interaction here in the physical like this, especially during Q&A. And I've said this before, like at the retreat, really in the sharings, we give all the answers right there in the beginning, but a lot of times we don't even realize those answers that are shared during the seminar is answering the question we have until all of a sudden we ask the question we have and then all of a sudden now we claim what that answer is. So a lot of Q&A is also about claiming the truth, claiming your divinity. Even though it sounds like information, what we're really doing is claiming the divine that we are and letting go of all the illusion that has caused a sense of separation from that. That's what's going on. We're claiming the divine. That's what empowerment is. We're claiming the divine that we are. And in that, automatically, it releases all the illusion that's been causing that sense of separation. That's why Q&A is so important. It's not just literally information, Q&A. There is a wonderful spiritual action that takes place during Q&A. And it can even be more powerful if we realize that. You can empower yourself even more fully the more you understand and realize the greater spiritual action going on behind the Q&A. Or just the regular sharings for that matter. All of it. 
So I'm going to leave it right there, and let's go ahead and pass around the microphone to go ahead and move into Q&A.